is Ms. Right Time, and I haven't posted in a while for this podcast that I created at the beginning of the year, March, end of March, I want to say, here we are, through the whole damn year, practically, it's just around the corner, almost, we're almost close to one month until the end of the year being up. I can't imagine what the year has looked like for you. I don't know you, but I don't have to know you. I know that God gives us all challenges, <coughs> obstacles, miracles, good stuff, bad stuff, shocks, not shocks, not shocked. <laughs> um, wishes come true. Dreams got broken, hearts got broken, hearts got mended. So, yeah. I'm in some kind of mood. It's, <laughs> today at work I heard someone say, I'm on one. And I'm thinking, I'm confused. <laughs> what What does that mean? I'm, I'm on one, one what? I'm on one train bound somewhere? <laughs> Then I thought, well, I mean, is it talking about on a pill of some kind? Say something that, yeah. But um, I'm pensive. I'm pondering. And the obscure is becoming less obscure as far as that I... I think I'll be able to explain once I say this little saying that I heard on Instagram on a reel. Let me think. I think it was some kind of self-help. It was because that's what I'm attuned to is I'm on self-help, vibrations, law of attraction, manifestations, and... um, Anyway, so the self-help guy says, when in doubt, zoom out. And for some odd reason, because, you know, a breakup is a breakdown, and it's an opportunity to rebuild and build back up and build to back together, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm starting to feel and see the buzz of, in, personal, in my personal landscape, of maybe some buildings being erected or some some really new <laughs> shopping centers or I don't know something exciting when um if you ever been at the beginning of something when it you were a part of something I was a part of a church coming back or coming up they were building it and it didn't seem like cost was even a factor and then I've been at a new brand new plant where they were building everything and not ha- making any money yet because you know it's not an operation. But at the time, it didn't seem like cost was a factor. It didn't seem like there was any limitations of supplies, manpower being scheduled, um, and it, there was a buzz of excitement and new and the possibility of production. You know, one is producing cars, which is was at Toyota. You know, uh, it was a paint shop, is what it was. They had paint shop number three out there at the TMMK. And, um, and then, you know, that's 
that was going to be the prophet was going to be cars sold and you know the church was going to be the prophet would be the lord's work or at least the result might make it more like that but uh, i guess the prophet would be uh human souls being saved so it just depends on how you look at it um but it just seemed like inevitable success and uh but it just felt like um I don't know if if you ever cleaned a fish tank and it's just been murky and, and need, has been needing it. I don't have a fish tank, but I, Mr. Almost Amazing, he had a fish tank and um, he needed a filter so he can um, clean the fish tank and make it cleaner. And so that's why I went to fish tank um, metaphor. But it's like it just seems that it's clearing up. Just a little bit, but clearing up because I'm painting out, and I'm looking across the um, not the timeline, but yeah, maybe across the Yolanda history. Which okay, great. Now you know my name, Miss um, Right Times history from my immigration story. Came here in '80. It's a lovely story. I have a Disney version. It's really nice. Um, father, white father from Pennsylvania, graduate of Carnegie Mellon University, top three in his college that year, uh, number one in his high school when he was growing up. So intelligence, yeah, that was just the beginning of it. And so, but he wanted to do something wonderful. He didn't want to make profits right away. He wanted to um, help the world. So he went to my mother's country and he sought throughout the whole land and well <laughs> he did succeed he did build a marketplace a slaughterhouse um bridges and just other things that needed to be erected and you know he worked closely with the mayor it happened to be my biological father interestingly enough so these two key Power men were central to me and my mother. And I was just an unknowing kid. I was just a kid who wanted to play toys and have fun and be happy and giddy and jumpy and laughing. And so he found her, he discovered her, he fell he dated her, he fell in love with her, and then we came here because he brought us here on a plane. And uh, so I'm going all the way back. Um, there's another thing that it might have been a different self-help live because it seems like these coaches, life coaches, therapists, uh, tune into their Instagrams by looking at the particular hashtag and finding my interest is, is self-help. And my interest is help me so I can help others. And... Uh, so, one other thing that the one, there are two people on a live, because, you know, one is a host and the other one pulls up uh, the other person. And so he says, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the names, but, you know, I just, I was at work and I didn't jot anything down. Um, but he said that he takes 
old pictures of himself, and, you know, and his young self, and he talks to that child because he knows that that, that picture is a focal point. It's, it's both metaphor and reality of the inner child. And so he talks to that, that young boy at, at those stages as a knowing adult, mature, and able to protect them himself and be the boy that was helpless, vulnerable, defenseless, um, weak, in, in a manner of speaking. Um, it's debatable. I'm, I'm just trying to get through an idea. So, I mean, I pick apart my own <laughs> statement and then I also um, rethink it, you know what I mean? But, um, so... I'm going across and I'm just gathering breadcrumbs because I'm trying to figure out this path called life. But others, they have walked these paths um, also. And so I can put together something. So clarity, peace, hope. And I'm at a point where I'm both beginning to trust and have faith and have hope. And then the other part is give up it's it's like give up drop out isolate and um so it's maybe two sides going there because i'm both thinking you know miss right time solo and and single <laughs> that's what i mean by that and it's never worked out with a single person and uh, i think the last one i'm going to tell you Mr. Amazing was juvenile, immature, small, and but he didn't think that. So one thing that he didn't really like about me is that in prior relationships with him and women, he had been the hero. He had been the rescuer because they had done drugs or they're just... They've done drugs. <laughs> and um, and I'm, I'm not a project. I'm, I'm not somebody that needs motivation or help. And, you know, when he was thick into saying, hey, let's do life together. Let's conquer life. Let's be Mr. and Mrs. Beast. He was saying, well, you know, you've been alone for so long, you got to know that there's someone here now and that you can lean on me and you can turn around, turn back and see that I'm on my way to help you. So there is all these, you know, these little confidences that he was giving me that were artificial. It's fine, though. And I don't know where I was going, where I was going with that. artificial so oh the strength the strength of a woman and I mean I'm used to doing things solo now it's and it's part of that journey part you know I was when in doubt zoom out so I'm zooming out and I'm now I was thinking about each year that has at the beginning when I first moved out after uh, of the home that I left and it broke whatever you want to call it and divorced, I left 
2018 Christmas right after Christmas basically right before the new year and then you know 2019 was my entire year 20 and 21 we're coming up on the end of 21 and so I'm about to be on my own for three years so I'm just looking at just like a little snapshot beginning of 2019 beginning of 2020 beginning of 2021 and now and you know what my where my head was um, how cloudy my thinking was how valid I felt how confident I felt and now I'm coming up on and as you are my dears my beautiful people um, I'm gonna do a little text here so just a minute okay thank you about that thank you thank you thank you so as I was saying it's just at the end of the year I think we all get into a reflective mode and really just try to think it all out you know what were the, some of the things that helped what were some of the things that were insignificant what are the, some of the things and choices that really hurt me um, and It feels like I'm, I've always looked outward for anchoring, um, for, you know, something to steady me, someone to steady me, someone to be the place where it's safe to break down, be the place where it's safe to be exhilarated and excited about time and life and this reality. So... And it's just, I've never been comfortable with the girl in the room with, with me. And you know who that is. And you've got one too. It could be the boy in the room. And that is the self. Think about that. Um, and, and she's always been uninvited you, you, I can't be me you cannot enter here <laughs> I know it's a paradox if you think about it it's saying there are stipulations you cannot be in me me talking to the me of myself <laughs> I'm just laughing at, at the, the way it sounds but um and it's like I kick myself out of my own person and said, I mean, you can camp out there in the lawn, me, but you can't be a part of me. And I really don't want to reflect on all the me's that have existed in my timeline. Little five-year-old me, little eight-year-old me, little little um, 15-year-old me, 24-year-old me, 34, 44, and friends, I'm 47. So, but to me at 47, 
I'm really starting to have a dialogue with her. Dialogue. And I'm not making her feel homeless anymore. I can't say that she's all the way here and with me. But I think that she's in the garage staying instead of out in the lawn. The me that I am. And then, in those quiet and still moments, we might even do something together. We might even have a moment of peace again. Together. And, you know, like, belonging. Maybe, okay, peace is not the wording. But more maybe like a sense of belonging. It's like me. I've denied you for so long. I've put what other people wanted and needed over you. And it's kind of time for me to say, step up to that responsibility and own that, that have been shitty to you, me. And it sounds strange. And depending on where your journey is and your emotional introspection and personal reflection as to whether you can grasp that or not. And so I've been studying for a while. If you think about self-help and personal reflection and just depends on how big you you get with it it's it's like I've been a, a, a student of myself and yet I've never really learned myself to understand myself and how to best help myself because you know I only knew what I knew at the time that I knew it so like that you know when, when you're in school you get handed textbooks study guides you have tests. And so to study and be a student of yourself, <laughs> it's, a, it's a constantly evolving textbook. It's never the same. Um, so I don't know. And I've never, and maybe, maybe, maybe this is what's going on here. Because this is kind of why I have this podcast, is to be an audio journal. And so, it's instead of writing it, you know, I can voice it and put it out there. And have it be a three-part purposed podcast. Um, it's to help you. It's to help me. And in some way, to be a little bit of a legacy for my kids. So maybe there's more reasons, but today it's three. But uh, maybe it's me waiting and listening for the words and the voice of a person that's me. And saying, with an honesty, saying, Go ahead. Speak. I haven't told this to many, many people. Maybe three, three, four people. And I pretty much tell my business to practical strangers and I tell my coworkers way too much information about me. And I've overshared with my children about, you know, mature things and because I always wanted them to be informed. 
but one thing that I, I'll share with you today is I was in despair and I was in misery and I was in a, in a really, really bad pit of my own making and my own misunderstanding because I didn't understand, right? About, it was before the seizures began in 2013. So maybe it was the beginning of that year, or maybe it was 2012. But it was around about that time. And audibly, I'm in the bathroom. And you hear an audible voice. It was, it was not in my head. It was in the, the bathroom with me. And it said three words. Talk to me. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm, the kids are outside maybe. It was, what's eight, eight years ago, nine years ago. And I'm like, and I knew that was coming from my head, came from me, but in the room. <laughs> I've never had that happen again. Um, hallucination? What, did I come to a point of stress? I did not understand the stress that I was under of my own design and um, and I pondered those three words and who said them and where that came from for years so I feel like there's going to be a connection made by doing the ordinary of my life driving to and from work something on TV something that I'm sitting Something will come to me when I'm just like here, having a having a productive building style of feelings that happen when there is about to be an epiphany. The before feeling, but right before a great realization. That's what an epiphany is, uh, or something that it just comes. And I feel like, because I'm alone, I, I, and I created a space away from people. And maybe that has been my goal for many years, is to not be in a relationship where I was responsible for another person. Because when you're in a relationship, you really are responsible for their happiness. And I didn't want that anymore with a partner that I had. Because... If there was a fight, I was always apologizing for it. Just so I can get back to peace and not hear having, um, what do you call it? A silent treatment. It was silent punishment. You know, when I grew up as a child, silence was a punishment, a form of punishment. I was outcast in a home, in a dwelling, in a house. And... And I was homeless in a home, in a house. A little child, I was an orphan. I didn't have a father. I didn't have a mother in a house. I was poor in a rich home, in a home that had abundant food, warmth, nice brick home. You know, I was a very, very poor, poor, poor girl. <laughs> 
I had rich clothes. I had delightful clothes. I had a neat room. But I was penniless in terms of emotion. And where was I going with that? Goodness gracious. <laughs> and it's a despair that I carry with me. It's a poverty that I can't unforget. Did I say that right? Okay, I can't forget. Something like that. <laughs> you all help me with that. You think about that and then, you know, Instagram message me, okay? Tell me, tell me how I need to reword that. But, and it's a despair. It's a despair that I carry with me. And, uh, but it was a comfortable place though. Because once you get used to isolation and loneliness and sadness, something happens to where there's like a cellmate on the other side of that prison. Like my bedroom was my prison for many years as a little one up until age 13. You know, when I came to this country and we bought the house and dad put down $20,000. No, no, $10,000 on a $40,000 home. <laughs> he saved and, and he did it. But um, where was I going with that? Oh my gosh. Sometimes my sadness sometimes will just, maybe there's like walls coming up. Maybe that's where the forgetfulness is. When some, I'm getting, I'm touching on something. Um. Anyway, I'll just keep talking. But uh, just the poverty, just feel the poverty. Oh, oh, the 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 um, as I was saying, the the cell cell on the other side, because you know, like you know, there's a prisoner on the other side, and that they kind of are with you, because they're stuck in the same situation too. So I felt like I was keeping that. Now that I'm thinking it through, I was keeping that little imprisoned person company. So it's almost like I'm keeping company. When I isolate, self-isolate, and I withdraw, and I remove myself, and I feel relief to be in that state of, maybe depression's it, um, but that and a feeling of just like I'm totally alone and I have no one, and then there's the other side of that wall, and I, you know, isolate myself to this little prison. It's a comfort that I'm talking, or I'm with that other prisoner. Does that make any sense? I'm, I'm just expressing metaphors. There's no prisoners. <laughs> um, but I want to say that that other person. It was on the other side of that wall is the authentic me. And it has been that way. And I knew, or maybe know, that I'm the only one that she has on the other side of that wall. And that I need to go spend time with her by isolating to be her and Comfort her, but be her also. Be both a comforter and be the one that's in the pain. 
So it's almost like I'm feeling the pain, but I'm having the relief of being by myself and just sitting in the silence of the sticky icky or the lonely or the um, the bad emotions. I'm just, you know how it is, you're, before you write a story, there's brainstorming. Before you write a book, you know, there's notes. This might be the beginnings of my book. Who knows? So, I don't know. I'm just like you. All I have is a voice on a platform that allows me to project some of my ideas and some of my struggles, my audio journal, plus my self-help to you. And, you know, sharing the vulnerability is when, when someone shares a vulnerability or you share vulnerability, that's a gift. It's a gift to you. And that's a gift to you because when somebody does that for you or you do that for someone else, you give them permission to be able to it in return, not in return, but you give them a permission or maybe even an invitation to see themselves in you and to possibly, if the miracle continues, to share a vulnerability or a story that's in a tender area of their mind, in their memory, back with you. So that's called bonding and a human connection. And so for some odd reason, one of my talents is to be able to do that, is to make a connection and a bonding with somebody or anyone, yet be a person that goes home and is lonely and is and enjoys or maybe finds it necessary, maybe enjoys not the word, but finds it necessary to be in my sad feels in my ick, or in my depression, or in my pity party, isol feeling isolated. So, um, I gotta know a couple realities. And that, that one is, and I will have it with me, it will be a, something that haunts me, and no one can fix it, no one can change it, and this is true for you too, because we all live with dark shadows. And that is the reality of the trauma that I come up in. The trauma you come up in trauma too. Different forms, different degrees, but it's a human experience. <laughs> anyway, so I was about to try to explain something, but I'm just gonna continue back on the idea of this is also part of my self-reflection, and maybe it's part of my self-dignity to acknowledge of myself as both like I'm an outsider validating myself saying I know what you went through I, I, I see what you've seen and I know you can't possibly remember all the abuse and I don't remember the bad feelings of it as much because I got, I got healed over quite a bit and I'm going to tell you, it sounds like the strangest thing, but 
once I divorced, it seemed like all my trauma has lifted to the point where <laughs> I didn't hold anything against her anymore. Um, there was, I just dropped it and left it. There's still some, because, you know, obviously I'm talking about it tonight. But so much has been purged as far as hating her, feeling bad, because I felt so, so much. It was just an obsession, and it was affecting my, my family. It was affecting... <sighs> it was affecting everything. And I think what I wanted to do is I just wanted to go off and and deal and deal with my trauma on my own. I didn't want a relationship anymore with my my ex-husband. What I wanted was and you got to know one thing. Is it's my life. And I get to choose it. And peop everyone gets to choose who they want or who they don't want. And when people have not wanted me anymore and moved on, I have an underlying knowing and foundation. They don't want me. That's it. It's not a good guy, not a bad guy. They just don't want you. And I've done that also. So, look, you just got to be real with it. closure they didn't want you doesn't make you not worthy or or affect your worth it's just they didn't want you and so I've lived that that statement and I've done that statement on someone but anyway uh, because I've had my own struggle with that because I did have the guilt and I carried it <laughs> I'm just now having so much of that guilt released um, of that, of the responsibility, but, um, um, so I, I know Proverbs in the Bible, and I don't know the number, but a foolish man will seem wise to himself, I just, I hear that in my own self, so, you just have to also write in and tell me what you think, if you feel like I've got standing, if i got firm ground on what I'm saying here, if I do sound like a person that has learned and has gained wisdom from the trauma that I've been through, or do I sound like a person that's crazy? <laughs> um, so, I do appreciate you listening this far, and I do appreciate you taking in a perspective. And I do hope that you are helped by this. Um, because I'm only talking earnestly. Um, and if it's crazy truth, well, it's still a truth. And I'm still being quite authentic and wanting to be a helpful person in your life with how I say things. Even if you don't agree with anything, if you find my voice nice and it's soothing and it helps you get through a day, uh, good. <laughs> um... So, I mean, I, I have a humor side to me, and I don't know what happens, but at my day job, it seems like I've become 
funny. I don't know. It seems like I'm in such a state of disliking the job that I get into. I don't give an F kind of feel about it. And so that's whenever my humor just, <laughs> my humor level just goes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to keep reflecting. And anytime you do something like this, it does shift your thinking because you write it out, you, you tell it to a counselor, you tell it to a friend, um, you audio journal, or you put it digitally in your phone, say like in a memo, you can do the swipe, you know, QWERTY technology, which is really quick. Um, yeah. I just know that sometimes I can't get, I can't wait to be alone so I can just hurt. And I don't know if anyone else is like that or if that's just weird or if that's just a, you know, a lasting trauma response because I need not to have to perform for people. I need not to be in the spotlight to make it seem like everything is okay. In my day job where I'm a server, I have to be very, very accommodating, very nice, and I have to be Disney. <laughs> um, I'm the Latina version, but I'm Spanish. So I'll be like, um, I don't know, who's the, the Mexican princesses? Or, is it like, um, is it like Lilo and Stitch, the one little girl? No, not that one. Never mind. I didn't. I never did like that show. It's freaking weird. But uh, anyway, you get my idea. Is it just seems like I'm on call, and it's it's just taxing to act like everything's okay to keep the front because it's extra effort. And honestly, and I think anybody and everybody can be super lonely. Any at any kind of relationship status they're at or they are and it's probably part of what I need to go through in my singlehood singletum single it's a bill <laughs> but um, I just compare and contrast when I was married I was also un uncontent dissatisfied lonely I was comfortable I will tell you that. I do feel like I've gained a lot of emotional growth and mental growth and maybe even in intelligence growth because I've had to reinvent myself, learn new things, learn, learn how to work in the world. Um, what is it? Survive and adapt, adapt or die. You know, that's what I watched on the um, Ozark, I was watching Ozark because Mr. Almost Amazing turned me on it onto me, on, me onto it, and it's great. I just finished season three, and I don't watch TV. I listen to music all the time. The TV stays black the majority of the time. You know, some of the time he's like that we spent together. He's like, you know, we should have a show together. And what's really good, and I'll start from the beginning with you is Ozark, and I'm like, I hate TV, but I like you, <laughs> and I really like you, and I want to please you. Whenever I'm in a relationship or the beginnings, I do anything and everything that the individual wants. 
except for the last thing that Mr. Amazing wanted to do. And I'm like, look, if you want that, go find you another one. Go find someone that will do that for you. He's like, well, that's what I'm accustomed to. And I'm like, and he's like, if so, if there's nothing I would tell you, I wouldn't do, you know, to me, because I'm, I'm his right time. And I'm like, so? <laughs> I won't do that. That's no. You can't, and I won't. I don't want that. I don't want to. So he felt like there was more I don't want to's and I won't from me. And it happened to coincide the night that I made him some ramen noodle soup for dinner. So now I tell, as a joke, people to people that he broke up with me over ramen noodles, me making him ramen noodle soup for one night. Because I was working tons and tons of hours, driving tons. I had like full engagement in so, and in, in all the jobs that I had. And, um, well, I was also starting to look crummy and run down at the end of the night because he says, oh, I never want to spend one minute away from you. Okay, well, that happens. You look like shit after, you know, a super long, hard day. And, you know, rest for women my age. Rest, a new shower, um, new makeup. It helps two things. Those are all the things that I use to to look younger. But I can't do that. I had tired going. I had worn off makeup that's already melted off by the end of the day. And it was late. So, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, it really is about the looks out there. And Ms. Right Time's got some, but apparently it's not enough to pull in the good guy that I want. But that, that was the, the little bit of a, a despair and critical thing. And, and I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, F it. Y'all y'all just go be gay and have each other. Because I'm kind of really done with shirt searching for that one where I can be safe to break down or just feel like crap or just have that safe place. Y'all are human. Y'all are imperfect. I'm tired of y'all. Men. <laughs> I've said it before, but it just nauseates me. And I can't believe that I actually, I'd been in this same feeling previously in the relationship side of it, you know, like I'm dropping them all. I don't like them. And then I met Mr. Almost Amazing. And I got pulled back in with, with the belief and the hope of it. And it hurt when it wasn't, when the plans and the promises and the, the, talk of our lives together was happening and you know anybody who knows me knows that it happened really really quick and then you know there was an engagement and then we weren't engaged anymore so but anyway oddly I find comfort in being alone so I can be sad and feel bad for as long as I want and need until I get back motivation and good feelings again. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, what is the wording? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but your dears, you're my beautifuls. And I'm so glad that you're listening.
and you're very special. Um, I guess I'm losing belief in love, you know, romantic love. And I'm not treasuring it and prizing it as I had before. And I'm kind of glad about that. So it was both, it's, it seems like it, this is the end of me believing that that's the only way to happiness is through another person. That's kind of what's, what's about to happen here. You know, it's like going to the dark side in, in a bit. And so maybe after the dark side is finished, then I'll come back to the light again and have hope again. And maybe the next time, the person that I really just can't stop talking about or I can't, I always want to be around is me. So I'm not quite there, but I like the idea, idea of it. Who knows? I wish you could tell me your journey, too, because that's one of my talents, too, is listening and engaging. So, and I, I, I really, and I make the other person feel very, very valuable and heard, seen, validated, and energized. There is a transfer of energy from me to the other individual. By the time that they feel the things that I respond with and, and what they have just said to me, the story that they give me, there is something that I've given. It's, it's a blessing. It's a talent of mine. Um, some maybe call it counselorship. Maybe call it strong friendship. Maybe, maybe I just bond with. Ooh, you know it was really cool. You don't see it, but as it's recording, it records the peaks of peaks and vibrations of my voice because that's what you know sound is is vibrations that tickle the, the insides of your ear so the vibrations but they like whenever I exhaled it made like a little pretty funnel it's kind of cool <laughs> sorry <laughs> I became childlike um, but I don't know. I know I've, I've, I was ending a couple times ago now, but I guess I just like talking and I really don't want to stop it, but it's okay. Anyway, well, it's almost 10 and I intended to <laughs> do a lot of stuff for um, this, this house that I'm watching and taking care of, but basically I've watched all the rest of Ozarks, I want to say it's like four or five hours of that. And I've just sat here. And I'm not making myself feel bad about it. And going, you're such a fucking loser. Wow. You really have had this time and you had this set an intention and set aside this time to do this tonight. But I'm in a tender spot in, of emotion. And I'm not giving myself an allowance. And I know that I pay for the um, what doesn't get done, and I pay, you know, I'm being hurried. So I know that I don't want that, and I'm, and I know that I intend well by pressuring myself to do what I need to do. However, this rest time is important too. The rest times are just as valid as the hustle and go hard.
times. So there is a right time. And tonight I decided it was the right time for Ozarks, the rest of it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, let me know if there's some topic that you want me to talk about. I'd love to have some feedback or even bring you on and interview you. I would, I love people. I love you already. Um, so, I, I enjoyed talking to you, even though I don't know you. Miss Right Time says bye. <laughs>